I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, on this episode, we are going to cover the anatomy of a dumb deal, why we passed on this potential physical therapy acquisition on the East Coast in the New York or New Jersey area. We're going to get into some numbers. We're going to get into why we passed on it, and I'm going to go over some of the revenue and wage numbers, the, the wages, the labor costs, and the percentage of revenue. Let's get right into it. This is the Dave Kittle Show. I'm Dave Kittle, the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in the New York City area and also the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We are currently speaking with practice owners about partnering with them or acquiring some or all their practice. If that sounds like you, feel free to reach out to us. We're putting out content like this to help practice owners like you so that you can be more savvy and more sophisticated when you go to negotiate with buyers like us or other buyers, whoever it might be. So I'm a physical therapist just like you. And this information hopefully will give you a little bit more clarity in regards to the operations and the management of your practice. So let's get into it. Now, my uh, team member on my board, Sturdy McKee, who you may know, he's previous practice owner, sold his practices. He's a physical therapist, a business coach. He does a whole bunch of other things. He's an author, a podcaster, and he helps a lot of practice owners across the country, maybe even North America, outside of the US. And he's also my business coach in regards to helping me continue to improve my ability to operate and manage physical therapy businesses. So the one thing that he talks about in regards to how you look at a practice and, and how it breaks down is we're going to look at the personnel, and that should be approximately 60% of your practice. So personnel would be obviously wages, labor, anything that is in regards to the personnel bucket of your practice. Then you have your overhead. So that would be your rent, utilities, uh, other expenditures that are uh, fixed expenditures. And that typically will be about a 20% component of your practice. And then if you are operating smoothly or appropriately, there would be a profit bucket, which leaves us with 20% to give us 100% here. So 60% personnel, 20% overhead, 20% profit. And obviously, as a practice owner, if you have a smaller profit margin, then obviously your overhead is higher than where it typically could be or should be, or your personnel expenses are higher than it could be or should be. So we're going to put that as, we're going to leave that there on the screen here. We're going to get into, we're going to say this East Coast physical therapy practice that we looked at, and we're going to get right into some of the numbers. So when we were speaking with this practice owner that was looking to potentially exit or sell their practice, we were speaking to them during, it was either late 2020 or uh, no, it was in 2021, but we have, obviously we signed a, a mutual non-disclosure agreement. We're not going to share anything confidentially on this call, on this training right here. And also I have nothing to sell you. Again, we're putting out this content to help practice owners like you. So when we were speaking with this practice owner in 2021, we obviously got the previous three years of financials. So we got 2018, 2019, and 2020. And the information that we're going to talk about, I just pulled right from 
the Schedule C, right, from the tax returns from this practice. So in 2018, this practice, their revenue was a little over 1.1 million. And right now I just have it off screen here where I'm just taking it right from the right from the tax returns. Their wages for that year, 2018, were 791K, a little over 7791. Sorry, I mistyped there, 930 at the end. There we go. And let's separate this out here. We'll go 2019. This again was before COVID, before the world changed. They had a little bit of growth. They went close to 1.4 million. So they improved a bit. 961. So their revenue was 1,369,000 and $961. I missed a one at the end there. Oh, I just have to expand the cell. And again, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, jump over to YouTube. I have this as a screen share. You'll be able to see this spreadsheet, this Google Sheet. So we'll go into the wages for their wages for 2019. A little little under a million dollars. So it was 986,847. And then we'll separate that. We'll go 2020. Obviously, 2020 was a big change for every practice owner. I'll just move this out of the way and we'll expand these cells a bit. So in 2020, their revenue was 1.4, a little, not a huge jump, but a few couple tens of thousand, maybe what was it? So $40,000 more approximately. The revenue was $1,410,741 in 2020. So, so far so good, right? The revenue in 2018 was 1.1 million. Then in 2019, their revenue was one point, a little under 1.4 million. Then in 2020, even though the world changed and every other practice that we talked to had a hit of 30 or 40K in revenue, they actually increased revenue somehow, and we can talk about it, <laughs> by uh, about $40,000, give or take. And their wages for that year in 2020, their wages was 1081790 So I have these spread out. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, I'll try to walk you through verbally as, as much as possible. So we got the last three years of tax returns in that year, 2021. So it's been a few years since we've had these financials. I just pulled these financials up. I was thinking about this practice owner and I thought, hey, maybe this would be an idea, a good idea to share with you guys as a confidential, discreet sharing of their financials without disclosing the practice name, the practice owner, et cetera, but kind of just showing like, here's how we thought of things and here's why we passed on it. So let's just do a really simple, a really simple breakdown of the wages as a percentage of revenue. So let's just call it W as a percentage of R, wages as a percentage of revenue. And to find that, it's super simple. We're going to just go wages divided by the revenue. And then we get a percentage. So we get 0.68, which we're going to convert to percent. So 68%. Already, we're just going to reflect back here on what we talked about with Sturdy McKee and personnel bucket, ideally 60%. So they're kind of in that ballpark. They're at 68% for that calendar year of 2018. So 68%, just looking here. Now, then there'll be either a little bit more going into the overhead component 
or potentially less coming out of the profit bucket, right? In order for a practice or any business to have 68% of wages as a percentage of revenue. So let's take that again. We're just going to copy this, put it in this cell here. Wages or W as a percentage of R, wages as a percentage of revenue. Super simple <laughs> equation here. Wages divided by revenue for this year, 0.72, convert it to a percentage. And it's like, oh, okay. So now 2019, they went from 68% of wages as a percentage of revenue to four points higher, four percentage points higher that next year. This is also before COVID. So it's kind of like, all right, well, even before COVID ever started, it's like your wages are increasing, but your revenue is not increasing at a commensurate amount to keep it closer to this 60% personnel bucket, right? So that's just like initially what we were looking at. Now we're going to dig into 2020 here. Same type of thing. We're going to take W as a percentage of R. Just expand the cell a little bit. And now we're just, again, the same super simple formula here, wages in 2020 divided by revenue. 0.7668. We're going to convert that to a percentage. And now you can see this trend. We're getting further away from the 60% personnel bucket, which means it has to come from these two other places. It has to. It has to be either there's more overhead. So it could be rent has increased. There's other expenditures, liability insurance. But even though that's usually not a huge expenditure, there's other components of overhead. Maybe it could be you're hiring or you've onboarded a lot more non-revenue producing staff. So it could be you've hired like several more front desk people or whatever it might be. But it, there's several components as to if personnel, the personnel bucket in 2018 was 68% of revenue. And then the next year, 2019 was four percentage points higher, 72% wages as a percentage of revenue. And then 2020, and this is almost like the revenue increased. And even though most practices like, <laughs> even though most practices did not do well during COVID, this practice somehow increased revenue or stayed, what did we say? Approximately $40,000 difference. They increased their practice by $40,000, even though most practices lost 20 or 30 or 40%, which would have been, they would have, other practices, introverts and other practice owners that have been on the program that have been on the show here, their revenue, let's say for all each of their locations, each of their practice locations that they were doing like a million dollars in revenue, they were missing their previous year's revenue targets by $300,000 to $400,000 per that year, per 2020, per practice in many states and in a lot of different cities. But this is a concerning trend line here, which was one of the big reasons why? And now this personnel bucket in 2020 at 77%, 77% is something now. Okay. Now it's alarming. Here's one example as to maybe it's not crazy or, or you have to dig into the numbers. You have to ask the owner a lot of questions. You have to follow up. You have to not overreact originally and initially when you see this. So I would ask the owner, you know, show it like payroll records. Let's see who's making what. Of course, this practice owner, without divulging any confidential information, personal information, this individual was on disability 
And so he or she, this individual, the practice owner, could not show any income because that individual was on city or state subsidized disability for a medical condition. Therefore, this individual had their spouse on the payroll for the tune of, I think it was around 140K, 100K. And then each of these years, each of these 2018, 2019, 2020, even with 2020 happening, each of these years, the spouse was being compensated more, which is totally fine, totally legal, totally kosher. But then I asked another follow-up question to the practice owner. Okay, so can you tell us what your spouse does for the practice? What types of roles and responsibilities for the practice? Because the practice owner was saying that the, the spouse was helping with XYZ and they would say some very simple like admin things and you know office and admin organization and things like that. But like it was super vague and I built extremely positive rapport with this practice owner. We met two times in person at least. One of my team members, my other team member, Marshall Sturman, came with me when we met this practice owner in person in in the area near the practice, outside of the practice. And we built really great rapport. But the one thing that we then started to hear was not only was the spouse on the books to be compensated without doing any roles and responsibilities, really anything critical or crucial to the practice, which is fine, totally legal, totally fine, because obviously he wants to minimize his taxable dollar amount. So if he pays his spouse or some other family member from the business books, then the practice owner minimizes their taxable dollar amount that they're going to disclose to the IRS as to, okay, here's, you know, we made $5,000 profit or like, we understand a lot of the practice owners, they run the personal expenses through the business. We get it. We understand it. But then as we were digging into payroll and the wages, a lot of his physical therapists were making $100,000 per year. And there was a, there was a, I think it was for this amount, I think it was about 4.5 FTE. It was about four and a half full-time equivalents. So obviously it was like six clinicians, you know, mostly physical therapists, PTAs, et cetera. But don't quote me. I think it was around 4.5 FTE. And we looked at some of those licensed clinicians and, and one or two that had been with this practice owner for over 10 years, maybe longer. And one of the practice owners was making $125,000 in salary per year, which is awesome unless there's buyers like us that are looking at the books and saying this particular physical therapist, let's look at their productivity. Can we look at, and basically I'm trying not to, I don't want to, if the practice owner sees this, I don't think he's going to get mad at me because we talked about all this, but this practice owner was paying his staff more than market rate. The the two physical therapists, especially the one that was making $125,000 and the physical therapist was the last I, the last we looked at the numbers was not necessarily producing enough to cover their own cost. So either the practice owner is breaking even where the that physical therapist, there's other physical therapist production that's basically like subsidizing this inflated over-the-top market rate salary for the amount of patients that this physical therapist was seeing on a daily basis, and including the coding and the billing and everything that would go into revenue per visit and rep units per visit and all that type of stuff. So one of the reasons why we passed on this there's several things and it's not just like 
it's not just wages as a percentage of revenue increasing over those last three years, but the practice owner, we were building so much rapport that then he would, he would remark on some of the things that these longtime physical therapists, his physical therapist had said to him. And one of the things that this physical therapist said was because the practice owner had floated the idea out to them, like, Hey, I'm speaking to some other groups and some other physical therapists about potentially partnering with us or, or selling or retiring or whatever. And the one physical therapist that was making at least 125,000, the one that was, has been there for 10 years, I think it might've even been closer to 15 or 20 years as a staff physical therapist. That physical therapist had said to the owner, you don't need to sell to any other group. I think that's a bad decision. We got you. We're going to keep running the practice. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And you can pop your head in here once a week, whatever, come whenever you want. But obviously, those physical therapists and staff clinicians had a great situation. They were being compensated very well above market rate. Some of that is disclosed here in the wages as a percentage of revenue. And some is, so some of it is in like the financials, but then some of it is like you kind of find out about it when you're interviewing and you're building rapport and you're building a relationship with this practice owner over time. And so not only are they well in excess of that personnel bucket that we talked about, personnel being 60% of the practice, overhead, cost of rent, you know, very expensive in the New York and New Jersey area. And then that extra money that you're paying to your physical therapist is either coming from overhead, which if you have a brick and mortar office, and this was an outpatient office, this was one office, the overhead is going to be fixed. And each year it's going to typically be more expensive. Right. So this practice owner to just kind of keep his therapist happy and he obviously paid them again. I don't even I still don't know how they were able to do so well during COVID. They all wore masks. They abided by I mean, they were only shut down briefly, I think maybe two months, maybe three months. So they basically produced more revenue in less time in 2020 than compared to 2019. So then you got to ask your, you got to ask yourself, so how are you guys not able to produce more than 1.4 million in 2019? Like, were you guys just taking it easy in 2019? Like, did you under bill or under code? Did you, you know, I mean, just so many questions, right? So many questions. And so this is how we analyze deals. This is just a very rudimentary, like we're, I'm just, I'm just plucking out the wage component from the tax returns. And obviously, if you're looking at the tax returns for a practice like this, you want to make sure you're looking at like, sometimes they might be on different lines and there might be a wage line, but then there also might be like another line later for the 1099 independent contractors. So you then you have to match those numbers together to get like the total dollar amount for personnel. But anyway, this is just part of this is we're kind of digging in the financials and we're trying to see like, what are the things that look great? Like, hey, this, the revenue in 2020, that looks great, right? And if you look at the revenue from 2018 to 2019 to 2020, it's growing. So it's like, man, this is this looks like a nice stable practice, very stable. In fact, it grew from 2018 to 2019 a bit, a few hundred thousand. It grew from 2018 to 2019, awesome. And then from 2019, then 2020, March of 2020, the world changes, COVID happens. A lot of these practices are closed or patients are afraid to go to outpatient offices all over the place, right? In pretty much every state for a certain amount of weeks to months or most of that year. So it's like, great. 
it's stable. It's growing and it's stable. This is proof that this practice is stable. Therefore, just looking at the revenue trend, you would think that this is stable and therefore less risky. And therefore, if it's less risky, then my team would want to buy it. But obviously, we look elsewhere. We got to look through everything. And we're mashing together the financials, the numbers with the questions and answers that the practice owner is providing to us. And it's a little bit of a, those are the soft skills where we're, I'm communicating with practice owners all the time via phone calls, text messages, Zoom video calls, in-person meetings. So you take all those data points of all those times where you're speaking with these practice owners and you're trying to weave, you're trying to see patterns and you're trying to put the financials together with this practice owner's answers to our questions and then in person. And so another reason that is totally off the mark in regards to the financials is that I went and had an evaluation as a patient in this practice in 2021. Now I did have some neck discomfort. I did have some neck pain and I scheduled an evaluation. The practice owner, I didn't tell him, I don't always do this, but this was one of our earlier ones where the practice owner was saying things to us like, Dave, you seem like me when I was younger. We built a lot of great rapport. We really hit it off. And so I wanted to go schedule an evaluation, show up like a patient, like a real patient. I actually did have neck discomfort. So I scheduled an evaluation for neck pain through my insurance, everything like on the books, everything. And they had no idea who I was. And it, this was during COVID. So I had a mask on. So that kind of helped with and not that they would even know who I was because obviously the practice owner is not telling all of the staff about some potential therapist or, or group that he's speaking with about selling. Or even if he did tell them my name, you know, whatever, they didn't, they didn't realize it. So they treated me like a regular patient. Um, and I was really, I was really disappointed in the quality of the evaluation. Obviously, I'm not going to mention the physical therapist name or when I went just for confidentiality and just to, in respect. But it was like, again, the financials at one point, another data point and cluster of data points of speaking with this practice owner, hit it off, really great rapport, even meeting in person. And like, I'm trying to pay for the breakfast or the lunch and that the practice owner is like insisting that they pay. And I'm like, no, we invited you out. Like, come on. Like, you know, it was a really great rapport, but then I scheduled the evaluation. He also did not get upset. I would have understood if he got upset. He did not get upset. He said, hey, if I would buy in practice or looking at practice like you guys, I would totally have done the same thing. So I was like, all right, cool. I appreciate that. I mean, I was trying to, I really wanted the true experience of a real patient going into this office, scheduling an evaluation, getting some treatment, getting taught a home exercise program. And I was so underwhelmed. The physical therapist, I know it was during COVID, but it was 2021. They didn't put their hands on me. I had a mask on. All the physical therapists had masks on, but they came in a range of motion screen, but no hands on. No, they didn't check my, I, I said I had numbness and tingling into one of my arms. They didn't do any strength tests. I mean, obviously like if I have cervical radiculopathy or whatever, you're going to check dermatomes, you're going to check strength. And, um, you know, it, they didn't even ask me like, if I can raise my arms over my head, they just put some stem on me on my back, my next, some electrical stimulation without any manual therapy, without any palpation or anything first for stimulation for 10, 15, whatever minutes, you know, that, you know, the drill, some stim and heat, and then 
another person came in, which I think was a PTA and did like a very basic cervical spine, paraspinals, like massage, not PA mobs, not, I mean, I was just so underwhelmed. And all of this is why we passed on the deal. All of this. And it's like the revenue in 2021, it was like, great, but how? And almost like if there's everything else is looking bad, the practice owners like paying all the staff more, letting the staff basically run the practice. It's like Lord of the Flies in there, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it was all those reasons as to why we passed on the deal. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. This is the anatomy of a dumb deal. Shout out to Ted Leverett. He puts out some documents and some case studies. I got that from him. I want you to uh, want to give a shout out to Ted Leverett, partneroncall.com. I believe this is his website. I want to give him a shout out. That's where I got the title of this episode. Super catchy. And, you know, I love good marketing. So shout out to Ted Leverett. This is why we passed on the deal. Some of the financials and then some of the actual happenings inside the practice, the actual humanistic, the treatment, the treatment approach, the treatment quality, the humanistic approach. I mean, I was, you know, just, I just was so underwhelmed. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so excited that this was going to be potentially our first acquisition and the practice owner, we built so much great rapport. I mean, this practice owner, I I could call, if I called him right now, I'd be like, Hey, let's grab breakfast or lunch or something this week. And like, he would do it. He'd be, he would be interested. He'd be available. He'd make time and he'd be excited. And then we could talk about physical therapy and, and the business and just everything. So really great practice owner, really great person, but so many red flags or so many yellow flags and red flags. And when there's a cluster of all this, you have to pass, you have to pass on the deal. Even when there's some really great stuff, like the rapport and the relationship built with the practice owner, but some of this stuff looks good. And this is the challenge of assessing and analyzing deals, revenue trends increasing, but the wages are also increasing at a rate faster and accelerated rate larger or faster than revenue is increasing. So that, and then underwhelmed with the, the clinical approach would take so much retraining, would take so much of my time and effort of retraining therapists that I just don't even think improving that clinical approach to how the whole practice operates. I don't even know if that would be possible. And another thing is at that time, if that was going to be our first deal, I got some really great advice from our board and our our board members basically saying like, this is kind of, this could basically be a turnaround effort, even though the revenue is increasing here, but like you got the staff and the staff might've been revolting or they might've blocked the deal. I mean, there's just so many crazy things that we were talking about that like probably could have happened or could have happened. And it would have been too much effort for an initial acquisition. So maybe down the road for the second or third or fifth acquisition or something like that, but not for the first one. And so for those reasons, we passed on this deal, on this physical therapy practice deal. Hopefully that's helpful. Subscribe to the YouTube to get updated on future episodes as they're published. We're publishing episodes about two times a week. Shout out to Nate, Navis, and Christine, my podcast editors. Subscribe to the Dave Kittle Show on YouTube, as well as iTunes and Spotify. We'll catch you here next time on the Dave Kittle Show. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. 
If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.